promoting customs Welcome to Pencast. Soon to be world's number one podcast on customs research, development and innovations. Today in episode 14, we have the pleasure to share the interview with Axel Hein, the managing director of Apirasol, a company which brings the investigative approach to brand projection. The Apirasol cluster analysis combines online intelligence with shipment analytics, uncovering the entire counterfeit supply chain from producers to importers, distributors and retailers. Thanks, Axel. First for presenting on the topic and solutions of customs interest during Pen Day April last week. And now for agreeing to join the Pencast interview. Please tell us about your background and how you decided to go into the world of supply chain intelligence. Thank you very much for this invitation. My background is with uh, the banking industry and I've been also doing innovation consulting in Denmark. With the banking industry, that was the first time I had contact with fraud and mitigation of, of any scams for the financial industry. That was 15 years ago. Later, I moved to Germany and I started uh, this company, Apirisol, together with my brother. We developed tools to do online monitoring, um, capturing online listings from platforms all around the world, taking screenshots, doing image recognition. Um, that was innovative 11 years ago. There were a few providers doing that. But after a couple of years, we realized that this model of doing online monitoring just for the sake of notice and takedowns is something that is useful for providers but that is not really fighting the sources of illicit products so we kept on doing that we still do online monitoring but the interest is rather to combine that online intelligence with an offline component and map the entire supply chains of illicit products uh, combining information about online listings with exporters, importers, and yeah, mapping the whole supply chain. Thanks for this introduction and brief history of yourself, Axel. It was interesting to learn that these days you combine both online intelligence and offline component as key part of your brand protection solutions and services. What data sources are typically used in supply chain intelligence analysis? Supply chain intelligence for illicit trade means capturing large amounts of customs data, analyzing it and combining it with OSINT, with open source intelligence, in order to determine whether there's illicit trade or not. So. We are basically looking at shipment records. We are looking at the OSINT footprint of the exporters, the importers, because um, we want to determine whether the products that they declared are really the products that were shipped or not. Um, we do this to identify counterfeit products, but also patent infringing products 
um, food fraud and products that represent any safety concerns. The data that we use for supply chain intelligence comes from a list of approximately 30 countries that make their customs data public. It's mainly countries in Latin America, it's the US, it's three or four countries that make their data public in Africa, a few countries in Eastern Europe, and a few countries in Southeast Asia. So, if I understood correctly, there are approximately 30 countries in the world which make parts of the customs declaration data, from import, export or transit declarations, available in public domain, with much more details on operators, transactions, etc. than you would find in standard trade statistics. Sounds like excellent scheme for open-source intelligence. Are there any regions where there is no public data available and therefore black holes for supply chain investigations? So there are indeed regions where there is no public customs data that um, the private sector can, can use to investigate supply chains. Um, countries in the European Union don't offer any public data. However, if I am investigating uh, a company in Germany and this company is trading, for example, with a Russian company, through Russian data, I can see the names of the German and the Russian company. I can see the products they trade, their dates, the mode of transport, prices, official addresses. So if a company in the European Union trades with a company in one of the other 30 countries that have public customs data, be it Russia, be it Ukraine, India, Vietnam, the US, through those countries we can understand what is being traded in the European Union. So there is a limitation, there is an area where investigations with public customs data are limited in Europe because if we have trade between countries uh, inside Europe I cannot see that transaction or if European Union trades for example with China there is no way to investigate that transaction with public customs data however if a country uh, or someone in let's say Italy trades with a company in India, through Indian data, we can see that transaction and we can see the entity names in India and in Italy. Okay, so despite the fact that European Union member states do not publish customs data like those 30 countries do, in EU it is limited to aggregated trade statistics with the Eurostat and National Statistics Services. It is still possible to analyze data with European company names, addresses, transaction volumes and values, and the likes, whenever trade happens with counterparties in those 30 countries. Good news! Illicit traders and counterfeiters will rarely correctly declare the real products they ship. How do you handle this in your analysis? 
So indeed, counterfeiters or any entities that are active in illicit trade, they will rarely declare the real product they are shipping. Some of them might have done that in the past. So when they started their um, illicit activities, they, they probably made that mistake, let's say, when they declared the correct product. So one trick to identify these um, misdeclarations in customs is to go back in time. Perhaps in the last year or two years, they've been declaring personal items or they've been declaring uh, an HS code, a product category that has low duties and is trying to confuse customs authorities about what is really being shipped. But when you go back in time, and this is possible with many data sets that are public, this is possible with Russia, uh, with India, with various countries that you can go back in time four, five, six years and say, this company has claimed to export toys recently, but actually I see in the past that they were active in the automotive industry or the pharmaceutical industry. So one way to handle these misdeclarations is to go back in time because counterfeiters that are skilled, uh, at some point they were amateur and they were starting and they were less careful with what they declare. Another way to handle misdeclarations in customs data is to follow what we call the point-to-point -point, uh, investigation of supply chain. Point-to-point -point means looking at the origin country and looking at the destination country. If I have an entity that is claiming to export water, but when I look at the OSINT perspective, when I look at their websites, their social media, or company registration, even the location, I see that they are actually in the business of pharmaceutical products. Or we could do that in the destination country. I see an importer and although they declared to import personal items, the weights, the social media perspective from that company tells me that they are actually active in a different category of business. So. That's the other trick to, to investigate possible misdeclarations, to look at the OSINT perspective um, of the exporting entity and the importer entity. Very interesting views on the cat and mouse game between the dark side versus bright side actors. What are other risk indicators when looking at public customs data? So when we look at very large data sets, we need to have ways to automatically detect what is suspicious and what not. One way is to look at the ratio of FOB, so the economic value of a shipment divided by the amount of kilograms or units. There has to be a ratio there that is fairly normal if you compare it to the legit products. Sometimes price is not an indicator, so we look at the total weight of uh, a shipment. We look at also containers that could have a mix of brands that is not normal with the legitimate company. 
to ship their own brand with competitor brands or we ask them hey is it normal that you're shipping products in bulk without packaging sometimes this could be an indicator that counterfeit products are shipped without branding and branding is done in the last mile in the destination country to avoid customs checks so very often products in bulk catch our attention um, especially when there is no branding and uh, we look at the specific routes we look at the entities that are doing that and investigate them to determine whether counterfeits could be created at the destination country after customs checks are passed another alert that we look at is the routes themselves we know that's some products, some legitimate brands are never produced in a specific country or never produced in country B and then shipped to country B. So the route themselves are also uh, a possible alert. The routes combined with their entity names are also a possible indicator. We work with lists of trusted companies. We know that for brand ABC, there could be a list of 100, 200 companies that are considered trusted. So our software automatically knows that, um, yeah, we shouldn't put time investigating them because they uh, are either trusted exporters or trusted importers. Then we focus rather on the routes that have suspicious companies at origin and destination. Hmm. Shipping counterfeit products without logos, labels and the likes. And doing the branding in the last mile. And this sounds quite analogical with the supply chain postponement strategy in the licit supply chains. Where for example country-specific features and content is attached to the products at the last possible moment, just before sending them to final customers. You deal with massive amounts of data. How do you find the needle in the haystack? So the challenge when working with customs data is the amount of data that you can investigate. Um, although there's 30 countries that make their customs data public, it is indeed uh, an immense amount of data and it's very easy to get lost with that. So one way to make that uh, investigation time more efficient is to work with exporter and importer rankings. So a list of top exporters and we have tools that categorize these entity names. So the tools will identify those that are part of a network that is trusted and will highlight the other ones that are not trusted either because the exporter is not trusted or because the exporter doesn't trade with a company that is trusted. So this is a way to make um, that prioritization quite quick is to, to list exporters or importer and, and sort them according to the amount of transactions and the amount of um, products and then filter out those that are trusted. Another way to deal with these massive amounts of data is to work with what we call route map analysis. 
you can have 5,000 transactions, but you can map them in a map that has just five routes because every route could have, let's say, 1,000 transactions. So that's a very quick way of representing the data in, in routes. Even if it's a lot of transactions, there could be few routes. And quickly saying, um, is it normal that your brand is exported from, let's say, Asia, this port to the West Coast in the US? Is it normal to have this route going from Europe to, let's say, South America? And then from South America to the US, would this, let's say, triangulation be normal with that brand? And that's another way to, to avoid looking at very large data sets and spreadsheets with thousands of records and instead have something that is very visual and automatically will tell you, hey, this, this is something that is wrong from the roots perspective. Wow! That is many challenges with the large amount of data you are dealing with and some clever ways to tackle the challenges. How complex is it for a brand owner or the public sector to implement and start a supply chain intelligence project? It's not complex for a brand owner or for the public sector to start doing supply chain intelligence. Um, it's not complex because it doesn't require um, installing any software or it doesn't require um, to reveal any customs data that is not public. We can perfectly work with 30 data sets that are public data. And basically what it takes to start a supply chain intelligence project is to define a focus product. And if possible, the brand owner should share the information whether where that product is uh, officially manufactured and some basic questions like if the product is shipped normally with competitor brands, if the product is shipped and unbranded, um, if there's any specific keywords that have been associated in the past with counterfeit products, or if there have been any historic customs seizures, um, we normally analyze those um, historic seizures, we analyze what was declared in those um, records, what companies were involved, so that we anticipate any repetition of those patterns. Okay, sounds like no major hurdles to get started. Key being to define a limited scope in which the first project takes place. Just like with any other new initiative to have high likelihood of success. Thanks, Axel, for the most interesting interview today. And hopefully we meet you again during the remaining thousand and plus days of PenCP. And everyone, stay tuned for PenCast episode 15, broadcasted soon at your favorite podcast and social media channels. And hey, let's innovate more and do targeting, controls and seizures faster, smarter and cheaper than traffickers and smugglers could ever think of. But customs care Promoting customs in a